0: This is Tony Warner, and you are listening to the Fulham Focus Podcast. Hello, welcome to the Fulham Focus Podcast. My name's Matt Boclair, and well, Friday night was a bit of a disaster in the end, wasn't it? A 2-1 defeat at Homes and Leeds, ending their 16-game-long winless streak in the capital was the last thing we needed. The Newcastle's defeat at Brighton on Saturday night means it's as you were in terms of the table. I've got Ben and Will with me to go back over the events of the weekend, so let's get on with it. Fulham. Well, lads, I found this show quite tough to pull together, really, as I think part of our role at Fulham Focus is to provide some balanced opinions. And of course, there's no way of dressing up the fact that this result was a bit of a kick in the balls, really. I made the mistake in the days leading up to the game of expecting us to win um, all week. And that's always going to be a dangerous thing. And I've been going to Fulham for over 32 years, so should know better. But the facts are that it's not over and three wins and a draw or maybe two draws from our remaining eight games will probably still be enough to keep us up. Ben, I'll come to you first. How are you feeling about it all, having had a couple of days to digest the result?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not the obviously it's not the best result. It's a shout result, really. But Leeds do have a high ceiling. Um, at the start of the season, they were brilliant. and They've just been playing poorly recently, so it was always going to be a tough game. Um, But it's tough to take. It is tough to take, but it's not season-defining. I think that's what Parker needs to tell the players. It's still in our hands, this. We've got Newcastle to come on our last day. They're two points ahead of us are they? With a game in hand against Liverpool, want to say? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, you know, it's still in our hands. If Bruce is going to stay in charge there as well, they've got absolutely nothing going from the moment. Um, So it's all about, like you say, picking up maybe... Six, seven points, staying within two points of Newcastle and beating them on the last day. I think that's... I mean, in the start of the season, if you said that to us, we'd have taken that.
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And I think we're all just kind of anxious in the position that we're in to get the points and get over the line as, as quickly as possible. You know, ideally, you know, you, you're thinking maybe three wins and a couple of draws or four wins... And if we'd have got one of them on Friday night, then that would have been great. Then it just gives us a bit more of a cushion. Um, Will, how are you feeling about it?
2: Yeah, I mean, the, th- the unfortunate thing is that it's now the international break. You know, we have to we have to live with this result for, for two weeks now until we can kind of make up for it, if we do end up doing that. Um, I think that Newcastle do have Liverpool in the next couple of games. I think the next one is Spurs, though. Um, but I think they have Spurs and Liverpool and... They still got to play City, I think. So, you know, they have some hard games coming up and we have hard games, but we have some winnable ones. You know, Wolves, uh, I think we can beat Wolves. Villa, it will be close. Uh, It's not going to be 3-0 like last time, I hope. Um, I think it's a game that we can get points out of. So, like you guys say, it's still in our hands and we have the motivation, whereas Newcastle don't, I don't think
0: you talk about that international break and we yeah we've got 2 weeks off now until our our next game and we're going into that break off the back of two home defeats i think if we'd have beaten leeds i would have said that the international break has come at the wrong time for us because we'd have momentum um and we you know we'd want to go on to the next game off the, off the back of a win but having lost i think it's a good thing now for the players to have a couple of weeks until the next game some of them are going to have a change of scenery as they go and, you know, go off and play play for their countries, and and I think that I think that will be a good thing. I, if, I think it will take the pressure off them for a little bit. Their focus will be on something different, and hopefully they'll come back a little bit more refreshed and ready to go again against Aston Villa. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I think that's possible. I mean, international break is always a good time to regroup and and things like that. And I, I guess you're right in the fact that we lost our last two games. is It's definitely not come out a bad time. Um, I think just as fans, it's kind of frustrating, you know, like the last, you know, as a fan, you think of the last few games and they've been two losses. But yeah, like you say, we still do have the momentum. I mean, just because we've lost our last two, Newcastle have been losing and not picking up points for a while. So look, I think it's definitely still in our hands. And the fact they lost 3-0 to Brighton and not just a 1-0 kind of, I think it's brought the positivity back up again because it was very gloomy Friday night.
0: What do you think, Ben? Do you think that the international breaks come at the right time? Um, or do you think that the players will be thinking, I just want to put that result right?
1: Yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, I don't like the international breaks at any time. Um, I think they, they shouldn't get in the way of the normal season. But yeah, after a loss like that, which is quite hard to take, given the players a couple of weeks off, like you say, some of them get in different surroundings. Um, I'm not sure how many players are actually going away. Um, do we know yet?
0: I don't know. there's a few.
2: Anderson, Areola. Uh, Mitro. Me, uh, yeah. Oh, no, but they... they. Oh, yeah, of course they are. Yeah, I, I, not very many. Four, five, maybe.
1: But yeah, so four or five, it's not like we're losing 10, 11 players and all this off. So Parker's going to have time to work with the core of the squad. Um, two weeks, look forward to our next game, which hopefully we can get a better result in.
0: Well, we'll come on and we'll have, we'll go through the, um, the the finer details of the Leeds match in a second. But we've touched upon it already, the fact that Newcastle were absolutely hammered 3-0 at Brighton on Saturday night. In terms of the table, nothing has changed when it comes to the distance between us and them. But psychologically, I think us losing to Leeds is a pain in the arse because I think we could have got a result against them if we'd appro- approached the game slightly differently. Um, but psychologically for Newcastle... That is a bad defeat for them. Not only did they lose to Brighton, but Brighton just tore them to pieces. 3-0 is a terrible result. And hopefully, what do you think, Will? That That is really going to damage them.
2: Yeah, I definitely think so. I think that they've been in trouble for weeks. And the fact that come out and said that he's sticking with Bruce, to me, is just like lunacy. I mean, that can bite us. But Steve Bruce has done nothing, absolutely nothing. And they are in, they're in trouble, you know. Although they have a game in hand, like like I say, their game's against Spurs, and we we have every single chance to overtake them in the next few weeks. And if not, like like I've said, and like we've all said, match until the end of the season, match until the last day, and then get the win.
1: The way my Newcastle um, supporting friend put it is that he said you watch him. And he said I don't think I had a shot on target last night until they were two three nil down, and he said the players just don't care. And that's the, I think that's the difference between us and Newcastle. We've got that team spirit still. You know, we haven't been good all season, but we're getting better. And even when we have tough results, we're still, still togetherness with the team. Whereas, he said, the players don't like that, they don't care. The only player that did look, it does look like he cares is Hayden. And of course, he got stretched off last night. And he's done his knee in, so he's out for the rest of the season. Um, and the only thing that could keep him up probably is Wilson coming back and hitting form. Because uh, he, he's been out for six weeks now. So that might be the one lifeline. I think the only thing that'll keep Newcastle at this season is Fulham.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. If, if we approach these last eight games as eight cup finals and our tempo matches that kind of line of thought, then I, I think I think we'll we'll be there or thereabouts. I think we'll be very close to, to getting over the line. <clears throat> let's um let's have a look back over the game then, because we've got to do it. I'd rather not, but let's let's quickly do it anyway. So it was a lively opening. Caviero had a, a chance in the first few seconds, actually, of the game. Um, and then Patrick Bamford found himself in behind the defence, all inside two minutes. A few minutes later, Rapunzel let down her hair as Luke Aylin thought he'd scored, only for it to be ruled out for offside. The early warning signs were there, weren't they, Will?
2: Yeah, they were. I mean, we know Leeds are a good attacking side, probably not as good defensively. Um, I think the fact that that celebration uh, and then the goal was then ruled offside is, is brilliant. But obviously it didn't mean much in, in the long term of things. But yeah, warning signs were there and Leeds press very well. I think they're probably second best pressing side in the league after City. You know, they're all over you. And I think it was Anderson who said it in an interview there. There's one-on-ones all over the pitch. You know, it's very strong to man mark and then just rushing in. And, and Leeds did that well. Um, on Friday and that's what they're known for. I mean, I don't think Bielsa's as good as a manager as everyone says he is because they do seem to run out of steam towards the end of the season, but they did play really well against us on Friday, but we were definitely not up to scratch.
0: Yeah, and it was a difficult opening 20 minutes, really. It was was real backs against the wall stuff. And the inexcusable part for me is the fact that we were just offering very little going forwards. I mean, Will, you've just hit the nail on the head there. You said that Leeds do concede goals. They're defensively not as strong as a lot of the other sides that we'll face this season, but we just weren't creating very much against them. Um, they had the ball in the net again through Rafinha. Um, but He was miles offside, but they continue to knock on the door. We kicked into life with a good chance from Josh Madger, um, which brought out uh, an excellent save from Melies, But The way that the commentators were waxing lyrical over it. You'd have, you'd have thought, you know, it's this world-class save, but really you'd expect your keeper to save that. It was at a nice height and it was quite close to him. Um, a couple of minutes later, though, Patrick Bamford did give Leeds a lead. Talk me through the goal, Ben.
1: Uh, yeah, it, it was sloppy, wasn't it? Um, it was far too easy to get the ball into the box to begin with. And then out of a bio, um, the Sky commentator said, and Robinson shouted at Tosin and said, he's your man, take him. And Tosin just not picked him up, gave him far too much space. And Bamford, he's really come on this season, which is weird considering the Championship he was a bit useless. Um, but he seems to have just stepped it up in the Premier League, and he's, I think he's, I dare say he's scored nearly as many this season as he did last season in Championship. Um, but you give him that much space, and he'll he'll put it away. That's the Premier League.
0: Yeah, very true. And and the frustrating thing about that goal as well was that it just came from a throw in, and they it was just so easy throw in. Bloke crossed it in, Bamford first time, bottom corner. And defensively, you'd expect us to do a bit better than that. Um, uh, Sky pointed out as well that Fulham, when conceding the first goal this season, which we've done in 13 of of our games so far, we've won none, only drawn one, and we've lost 12. So that first goal, when we concede it, generally means it's curtains for us, um, as proved to be the case against Leeds, which, you know, is... is, very, very frustrating considering the position we're in. And you'd, you'd hope that some of these stats are going to change. I mean, speaking of stats, Leeds have... Um, that, that was Leeds' first win in the capital um, in 16 attempts. And you just knew that it was going to be against us because we, we've we just got such a reputation. It's so weird that whenever there's a stat, you know, Aguero hasn't scored for however many months it was. Oh, he scores against Fulham. Leeds haven't won in London for however long. Oh well, they'll do it at Fulham. It's like we've we've always been this team that have helped other teams out with um, some annoying stat. You know the Harry Kane stat um, from a couple of years ago. He never scores in August. Oh wait, wait a minute, Spurs have got Fulham at home in August. Lovely stuff. Yep, he helps himself to a goal. I just wish so that it, you know things would toughen up a little bit.
1: That's so the way my dad said it was when Luke Owen scored and the commentators went, "That's his first goal for Leeds in the Premier League." Hmm. They went, "Ah." Oh. I've never scored in the Premier League, but it doesn't matter. We've got Fulham next week.
0: Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Well, thankfully, that one was ruled out, but it didn't didn't mean anything in the end. But yeah, um, they had the lead for 10 minutes before Captain Anderson equalised with his first goal for the club. Leeds proved to be shaky from set pieces once again. And finally, a centre-half has scored for Fulham. Well, one positive thing to take from that game.
2: Yeah, definitely. And especially the fact it was Anderson. That guy, I, I seriously think he loves Fulham or He loves something about being there and, and playing. Um yeah, I'm really happy it was him that scored and, and not just a centre back scored, uh scored from a corner as well. That's not something that happens very often. Um yeah, it, it was great. I mean, very poor marking from Leeds to be honest. All Anderson needs to do is I think like just ran around him sort of or step forward, step backwards, and he sort of had the had the ball. Yeah, good finish, you know, not not anything too overcomplicated. It was good ball in by Lookman to be fair. I think it was Lookman that took the corner. Um and, and yeah. Great goal. And we did have good positive signs after that goal. Uh But, yeah.
0: We did end the half very well. I mean, seconds later, we almost took the lead. It was Zangita, of all people, who brought another good save out of the Leeds keeper. Um, yeah, like I said, we ended the half very well. Ben, how were you feeling at half-time? Were you positive? Were you thinking that we could go on to win the game?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, that, the way that half ended, the first, like you said, first 20 minutes was absolutely shocking. And until Leeds <laughs> scored, we just seemed sort we didn't know what to do they were pressing us high up the pitch and we just kept giving the ball away we couldn't hold it up in midfield at all and then we got that goal and suddenly the Leeds looked a bit scared they looked a bit shocked that what was going on and we looked like we were the better team until um, half time and it sort of came at the wrong time for us because we were sort of building up and getting better towards the, the half time whistle
0: and then of course metro came on at half time for josh Madger, which looked a very sensible change um i was really surprised that he didn't start actually i think we uh, The lads spoke about it on, on the uh, preview podcast and we spoke about it a lot in um, in the WhatsApp group. And I think generally people agreed. I don't, I don't remember anybody saying Mitrovic shouldn't start. Everyone was in agreement that this is probably the game where he's going to come back in and, and start the game just because of how susceptible leads are to concede him from set pieces. Um, and I, th- I thought he did OK when he came on. But, Will, were you surprised he didn't start?
2: Yeah, yeah, I, um I was. But considering the lack of games he has started, I suppose you can't be be too shocked about it. Um I, I didn't think Major had that bad of a game to be honest. I mean, I know he's been um I know he only played half and I know he's been quite quiet apart from those obviously two great goals against Everton, but I, I feel like there was a lot more movement from him, uh, this time, you know, like kind of dropping into midfield and although he He's not like the best on the ball. I feel like he tried to get on the ball more than he usually did. But yeah, it was, it was a sensible change. And like you say, I really think Mitrovic should have started because realistically, Mitrovic is the guy you want starting on the pitch and Madra is the guy you want off the bench trying to make mm-hmm. an impact, if anything. Um, but again, I, I would like to see them both up front at some point. Maybe that won't work. I mean, we don't see what happens in the training pitch, but I would like to see that being tried. But I, I really want Mitrovic to to start more games from now until the end of the season. Uh, especially against wolves just because he scored that great goal um in the mm. championship against wolves in our first or first promotion season if you like yeah the last two
0: yeah yeah he did he really did but he scored a couple against leeds earlier in the season as well didn't he and that still didn't get him a start against them at home so maybe we just need to be resigned to the fact that he's not he's just going to be playing a bit part between now and the end of the season which I think if this doesn't work out favorably for us, we'll look back on and always question why he wasn't used more. But hopefully, that won't be a thing, and Scott Parker will just get it right, and it'll all come together. But we'll have to wait and see. But speaking of how we lined up, Ben, were you surprised that there was a place for Reed, Lamina, and Angisa once again in the side for this one? Because it it seemed like those those three places those three players, sorry. Are, are quite defensive-minded, I think, where you kind of think of them sitting in front of the back four. Um, Anguisa is more box-to-box, but he was playing behind the strikers almost in this one. Um, And those players we used against Man City as well, which to me felt like an okay move because you just try and stop them from playing Man City in midfield and hope that that comes off. But against Leeds, we we should have taken the game to them more, and I felt like that that line-up in midfield particularly was, was a mistake.
1: Yeah, we seem to have this problem with Parker, where we play better against the top teams. And we look at our five wins this season; we've beaten the only two teams below us at home, and we've beaten Liverpool, Leicester, and Everton away, which you'd never expect us to win those three games. And um, you look at Sheffield United away when we, we get we gave a one 0 lead, there. West Brom away again one 0 lead, we gave it up. Um, it seems to his style seems to work a lot better against teams that we can hit on the counter attack, and. Leeds just don't give you that privilege. You know, they're just the pressure so high at the pitch. I don't know why we've played basically, you said three basically, sent defensive mids in a midfield three because none of them can play behind the strikers. So you've just got this massive gap between the midfield and the front three. There's no one connecting, no one linking them up. I sort of thought it would be the perfect game for Loftus cheek to come in um, and play because the way Leeds, they're a bit dirty. It's always a dirty old Leeds. Everyone knows that. But that you look that most of the time the ball was already gone, they were still snapping into challenges and always like you know nicking your players' ankles and someone like Loftus Chico's big physical presence would have done better against that than someone like Anguisa who always looks like he can't be arsed. Redu's smaller than me somehow and um Lamina who's just like a B Tech Anguisa really you know there was I think there's better options to start with in that midfield.
0: What do you make of Angita this season Ben because he's he started really well but he seems to have got off the boil a bit and he, once again you know we've spoken about this before you'd expect somebody of his stature um who is box to box to be chipping in with some goals and his his shooting's just quite wayward
1: yeah well he nearly scored that chance of course but yeah i don't know he just, he seems to have that sort of um La Liga feel about him still, where you know he he just doesn't seem to want to put himself about. He's a big bloke. What is he? Six one, six two. He's a big lad, and he just doesn't seem to want to put himself about. Um, especially when you compare him to like Harrison Reed, who's five seven and quite happily snapping challenges. I think he's one of those flair players that if you're playing well and you've got a top, you're a top ten team, and you've got some brilliant players around him he'd be brilliant because he'd fit into that system well and he'd do his job and he doesn't have to do the day work because you're a good team but in a team like us where we're battling every single week in and out he just it seems like he doesn't really want to do it
2: Yeah I, I'd agree with you I mean I really liked him at the start of the season um, and when he was kind of playing alongside Reed, um, you know and Giesa sort of bought the forward play and the, the flair and Reed was just the kind of no-nonsense defensive midfielder but I mean, first of all, Anguissa, I don't think he's an attacking midfielder. He's playing way too far at the pitch. He can't do anything there. I mean, yeah, it, like you said, he had that shot, but that must be the first shot he's had on target all season, to be honest. I don't really think he's done much before that. Um, and yeah, I, I really like him, but he's sort of, is starting to look like he just can't be bothered. And if he can't be bothered, no matter how good he is, I'd rather Lamina take place in him. Because even though Lamina loves the love the tricks, he seems happy at the club and he is trying alongside Reed and. That works-ish. I mean, look, we beat Liverpool with it and they've started a lot of games together recently. So I'd happily leave Anguissa out if that means Reid and Lamina can play better in midfield with Loftus-Cheek just in front.
0: Well, we had a fantastic chance to take the lead just before the hour when Adamola Ola Lutman failed to tap home at the far post. And 27 seconds later, we were behind. Lamina lost the ball in midfield and Rafinha scored. Firstly, after Lamina lost the ball, it was a catalogue of mistakes, really, wasn't it? Anderson dived in and took himself out of the equation on the halfway line. Then both Tashin and Robinson failed to stop Rafinha and he poked it home into the bottom corner. It's just crap defending, wasn't it, Ben? Uncharacteristically crap defending from, you know, from start to finish.
1: Yeah, even for Fulham, it was uncharacteristically crap. Um, and that's saying something, because now we start the season, but... Yeah, I mean Lookman, you can never expect an attacking player to finish every chance, especially for someone like Fulham, because if they were good enough to finish every single chance that came to the box, they wouldn't be playing for Fulham. Um and he has been a bit wayward recently and he's missed a few chances, but I wouldn't blame Lookman, really. Um he's a miss, but you know, at the end of the day there's a few more mistakes after that.
0: Well let's that let's one. just let's just talk about Lookman really quickly because we were having this chat on in in the team chat earlier. Um, about whether or not we'd sign him and whether or not he flatters to, to deceive a little bit at times. Th- we've talked about his decision making in the past being hot and cold, not brilliant, but he scored some goals which have won us a lot of points this season. He, he scored at Leicester, he scored at Sheffield United, he's scoring some important goals, but he's also missing some important chances as well. If we were to stay up, would you would you sign him, Ben? Would you would you keep him?
1: I mean, I would. Yeah, I think he's a bit like Anguissa in the sense that. If we stay up and we sign another 30, 40 million worth of players, if we're a decent right winger as well, it'd make a big difference because Cavalero is not really a threat. Whereas yeah. if you had someone of Luckman's stature on the other side who's quite happy to pick the ball up, cut inside and, and hit it, you're going to, you know, at the moment they can just double up on on um, Luckman and Manmark at Major and Cavalero because they're not going to do anything.
0: So. And part part of the problem with Luckman as well, Will, is that there's no pressure on his position at all, is there? He's just he's picked every week on the left wing, and there's nobody else really who's you know who you'd, who you'd bring in in that position.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I I think it's um, me and you a lot of the time that's talked about Lookman's decision making in the team chat because it it's it's annoying, it is because you know we know he's got the class. I really think we do. Like like you say, he's scored goals. He's good. He makes good dribbles. He makes good passes, but he doesn't know when to do it or at you know at which time. He, a lot of the time, he keeps you know keeps the ball too long. Um, if he's on the left trying to cut in, he'll then just hold it and hold it and then try and cut in. Like It's way too obvious. He needs to just make quick passes, make quick runs. And I, th- yeah, I think the main thing for me is, like I say, holding on to the ball. He just needs to play a bit quicker with everything he does. And I think we'd be all right. And there was a moment, I, I can't remember if it was that miss or another one, but... He, he sort of got it in the box, and then he like cuts it to the left, cuts it to the right, and he had like three chances to shoot. He just waits way too long, and then he gets the shot off eventually, I think, which gets blocked or something.
0: yeah, yeah he, he he can be frustrating at times, but I don't want to get on his back, and that's not what this is about, but uh, j Max said today as well that you know he's twenty three he's only young, he'll come good, but to me twenty three in terms of being a footballer isn't that young when you consider that Ryan Sessegnon was in the Fulham first team when he was 16, particularly.
2: Yeah, that that's true. But I think the thing is, we know Lukman has the quality. I think it, I mean, hopefully it will come out with coaching or with, with a bit of experience. He'll know what to do in certain situations because we know he can do it, just doesn't do it at the right time, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. OK, well, let's come back to the goal. Sorry, Ben. We were, we, I asked you to talk us through the goal and who was at fault, and then we, we got sidetracked by talking about Adam Ola Lutman and his miss. But, um, yeah, Lamina, Anderson, um, Tashin and Robinson all at fault for that goal. What do you think?
1: Yeah, like I say, we said you can't really blame Lutman because he made a mistake, but four plays after him did as well. So, they were four chances to stop the goal, two or three chances. And it, it's some calamity of errors, isn't it? One after another. Anderson, there's no need for him to dive in. I don't know. If it, he hasn't done it all season. And he's decided, I'm going to try and fly in and win the ball. Um, when he, He's got no cover. Um, Toshin and Robinson, they both seem to... I don't know. They're, they're, they're both gangly and awkward, aren't they? I've said this before about them. They both look like Bambi on ice. But you know, neither of them seem to want to stick a foot in. And by the time they, they had, it was too late. And
0: I think Toshin was more at fault than Robinson there. Um, I think he tried to he tried to play the ball with his wrong foot. He should have just put his left leg across that player, and he would have taken the player. But he would have got the ball. He was close enough. But instead, he went. You know, I don't know what he was doing with his right boot. He just kind of swung at it, but he got nowhere near it. But you know, in that situation, slide in and you know stop the ball from from you know going any further. Just block it. And he didn't. He failed to do it. And I think Robinson was at a slightly more awkward position to do that than um, than Tashim. What do you reckon, Will? Who would you blame? Is there any one person that you blame for that goal?
2: I think if anyone, it would be Tosin. But like you say, it was just all over the place. I mean, it kind of happened against City as well. Once that first goal went in, we were just all over the place. I mean, the first goal against City was good, but the other two were just defensive errors. And yeah, I mean, I don't know, maybe... I feel like maybe the players are starting to feel a bit of pressure, you know, like maybe with, with Anderson lunging in, maybe he's thinking if, if I just leave this, it's going to look like I'm not, or if I, if I just let him run past me, it's going to look like I'm not trying, but I think, yeah, I just think maybe they're feeling pressure and we got to get this ball back. We got to get this ball back, especially when they fought so hard to, to get it to a draw and ended the half better and then try to fight for, to get the winner but then you're on the counter and suddenly I, I just think it's pressure you know I really think it is
0: yeah Collins John said to me after the game that he thought we looked tired would you agree with that Ben do you think that, that Fulham are beginning to look tired uh,
1: well, I mean the games are no longer coming thick and fast so we've had a bit more of a rest but um, was it when did we play Man, uh, Man City Sunday Saturday
0: yeah last Saturday night yeah
1: Saturday right so I've had a few beers since then I've forgotten um <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, after a tough game against a City team like that, only having five, six days rest. But I mean, professional footballers, so mm. as much as I appreciate you get tired, five, six days should be enough. And
0: I guess it's just in in context of the season as a whole, though, as well. You know, there's been, the games have come thick and fast. All right, we've only got one game a week now between now and the end of the season. But in the last few months, there's been a lot of midweek games as well. It's been two a week. and you know, perhaps that has taken a toll, but it's been the same for everybody, I guess. Um, but, you know, maybe maybe it's just affected us because of the pressure as well, like you say.
1: Yeah, and this two weeks should help out and we'll see how we are after that. But yeah, like you say, it's the same for everyone. Maybe it's something that's going on behind the scenes that's not been done right. No more. Those yoga sessions, luckily AK is not there anymore, so that won't end badly, but Yeah, yeah that's
0: true. Good old AK in his, in his relaxing yoga sessions. Anyway, there, there was a handball incident in the Leeds penalty area a short while after we conceded, where it looked like two Leeds players had handled the ball. What did you make of it, Will? Was, was there a penalty in that for you? I
2: mean, to be honest, I think it could have been given. Um, it hits two players' arms, first of all, or hands, uh, however you want to look at it. But And I think it does change the direction of the ball, and I think they're unnatural. I mean, it's... It's not on purpose, clearly, you know, someone's jumped up for it, cut off their arm and the other person who, who's kind of below him hasn't really expected it to, to go there. But in another game, that definitely could have been given. And, you know, we don't really know what the proper rule is because you just look at all the handballs that have been given and haven't been given. But yeah, I really think in another game, that definitely could have been given.
1: Well, yeah, as Baldwin would say, that's a, it's a rule problem. Um, I think if that had been two, three weeks ago, that probably would have been given. But there's been the whole fuss recently, especially after our handball that was um, disallowed by the Lamina goal against Tottenham. I think there's been a bit of a change recently, saying if it's not intentional. Because at the start of the season, it was if it, even if it's not intentional, you've gained an advantage that's handball. But the, I think they've changed it, haven't they, recently? And that, Yeah, no one like War said, no one really knows what the rules are. They're changing every week
0: yeah it's crazy, absolutely crazy. And I think it's very difficult to to write the rule for for handball because there's so many different situations where it happens, but when you watch a game and, and you see something happen, then you you know if something's handball or not. But to actually put that into into a rule is is much harder, but it's definitely not right the way they've got it at the moment. Um, and in all honesty. I don't think that was handball. I don't think that that should have been a penalty against Leeds. Um, if that had been against us and, and a penalty had been given, I wouldn't have been happy. And I don't think you want to see handballs given for stuff like that. You know, it was it was ball to arm rather than you know arm to ball. But like you say, in this day and age where nobody knows the rules, who knows whether you know that that should have been given or not in in the context of the rules? Well. Ruben Loftus-Cheek came on for Harrison Reid just after an hour. Then Kenny Tete came on for Ola Aina. But I was just disappointed with our tempo, as I said earlier, in the end. To use the old cliche, every game's a cup final for us between now and the end of the season. But certainly for this one, I think somebody forgot to tell the Fulham players, um, we just weren't at the races. We didn't look like a team that was battling against relegation. And, um, and we should have been better. We should have given this a better, a, a better effort and a better go. Will, what do you think?
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, just quickly on the on the tete thing. I mean, and the loft is chic, but we've already spoken about that. I was quite surprised tete didn't start. To be honest, I mean, I know Robinson was there to probably try and stop Rafinha because he's pretty quick, but obviously he didn't do that very well. Um, but yeah, look, Robinson, like Ben said, he and with Tosin, but with Robinson, he just always looks like he's going to fall over. No matter what he does, even I think Dan said, even when he doesn't have the ball, he looks like he's going to fall over. And that's true because he's still over the place. He's good at running, but that's about it really. He can't can't do much else. I mean, you look at how many crosses he tries to do and they're just all along the floor. First man clears it. Um, so I would have definitely liked to see Tete in there. And, and I think we could have benefited from Tete and Mitro because Tete can play the crosses, Mitro's in the box. But yeah, we we weren't we weren't up to scratch. I mean, like I said, I think leagues were good, but we just weren't there. If we were on better form and all these errors and everything like that didn't go ahead, I really think we could have got at least a point out of this game.
0: Is Robinson just out of form? Um, I think he's a bit of a donkey, but yeah, probably out <laughs> of form as well. <laughs> I think that's a little bit harsh. I think he's been all right this season. He can't cross, but the way he gets up and down, he's he's looked quite exciting at times. But, you know, it's weird that Joe Bryan is now third-choice left-back behind Iena, um, who is really a right-back, isn't he? So it's, it's a shame for Joe Bryan. It would have been nice to have seen him have a better shot at it this season. But, yeah, I guess, you know, that, that's where we are. And um, I think I think Anthony Robinson is another one of these players, like Anguissa and like Lutman, who's quite divisive. Um, amongst the supporters with, with opinions because you and I would disagree on Robinson, whereas you know other people would think Adam Ola Lutman's a great player, whereas I, I think he's very average. And Angisa, I think Angisa maybe is just out of form as well. And we, we need our best players to be coming into form now, just at the right time as we as we hit these last few games where we need these points to, to get ourselves over the line. Um, where now then? Where where do we go from now? You know, like I said, we've got eight games. We probably need, what we on, 26? So 10 points, maybe 11 points, which is three wins and a couple of draws or four wins. How do we do it, Ben? You know, we've got some winnable games. Scott Parker's really got to stand up and be counted now. And, you know, you can't, you can't, you can't use the, the, the line that, you know, he's a young manager, he's learning as he goes. It's now or never, isn't it, for him in terms of, in terms of this season anyway?
1: Yeah, it's do or die. Um, after the disappointment we had last time in the Premier League, I think we all would have taken this position that games to go. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're still well in it. It's not like that game isn't season-defining, like I said earlier. You know, it was a shite game. Even Parker says we didn't deserve anything from it. But we've got eight games. We can beat teams that are better than us. We've seen that this season. So it's about getting out there and doing it. And two weeks, regroup, think about it. And then, like you say, every game's a cup final. And if you go down playing your best and doing your best, you can't complain.
0: Because yeah, we never we, expected we, to stay up. We've given it a much better effort this time than we did last time, but that's that's not difficult, is it? Last time was was a, was shambolic. Um, uh, f- and for you, Will, what went wrong? You know, was it the team Scott Parker picked for this one, or was it, did the players let him down? Do you think, or was it a bit of both?
2: Yeah, I think a bit of both. I mean, like you said, the tempo wasn't there, and there was a few defensive errors, which kind of isn't really Parker's fault. Um, But I think the team, I would have liked to see Mitra, I would have liked to see Tete, I would have liked to see Loftus-Cheek. But look, I know this is, again, something that people say a lot and kind of does does, and doesn't make sense, but we don't see what happens on the training pitch. We really don't. There might be, Tete might have had a really bad week and might be, you know, tired and maybe even picked up a little injury in training and that means he's not fully fit. We have no idea what goes on. Only Loftus-Cheek hasn't started the last last couple of games maybe something's gone wrong there because he's been in the starting 11 for most games this season apart from like three or four or something so look that that's quite surprising and just just quickly with the uh, staying up bit you know it's quite important but um Newcastle are only on 28 points uh, and to be honest I can't see them getting any more than 7 I mean they might get a lucky win but I think 7 max really their games are quite difficult from here. Um so seven max, which puts them on 35, which means we just we need to get 35. That's nine points. I mean, it's possible, definitely.
0: It's more than possible for sure. I think I think we'll get nine points at least. I think we'll get more than that. But you know, it's it's tough to take when when you're in the situation that we're in and you, you lose a game that you thought that you might win. And it's very easy to for people to melt down, and and you know we we saw it on Friday night. A few people in our team chat said, "Oh my God, this you know it's, this is the worst." we're you know I'm, I'm worried this this is you know this is it for us now. And then Newcastle would go go and lose emphatically on Saturday night, and you're back in the game. So there's lots of football still to be played. So it doesn't matter. It's one defeat. You write it off, and we move on, and we look forward now to to those next few games. Um, let's come on to a Scott Parker rating. Then I think Scott Parker personally. Should carry the cam for this one. Um, the buck stops with the manager, um, and we we just never looked at the races. You can blame individuals and you can blame the team all you want, but for me, um, Scott got this one wrong with his with his starting lineup. Should have played Mitrovic. Probably should have played Tesse, um Probably should have played Loftus Cheek as well. And you've got to dictate the game um, in in some of these games, particularly when you're at home. And we didn't. You know, we, we we looked shaky from the start. So for me, I'm going to give him a four. What about you, Ben? Yeah,
1: I think the the lineup was wrong. the The way we approached the game was just it just wasn't the right thing to do. So I think, yeah, four. I can't really complain with that.
2: Yeah, I think four all round. Really, I mean, yeah, approach to the game was wrong. Uh, like just the, everything, everything you guys have said, really, it, it wasn't right. Um, but I think he knows. I think that's the positive. Like, I th- Ben, did you just say that he said? Um, he knows we shouldn't have got anything out of this game and that's that's a manager that knows you know we haven't been good enough and that means over the next couple of weeks he's going to work harder and we know parker we know he will do that
0: yeah completely agree completely agree so eight games left which is 24 points left to play for loads of points left to play for so all is not lost All right, well, let's leave it there then, chaps. Thanks for joining me and thank you all for listening. There's not another game for a couple of weeks, but we will have a quiz show out for you on Thursday this week, so watch out for that. Then we'll return a week later with your Aston Villa preview show. Try not to be too downbeat. There's still eight games to go, as we said, and we can absolutely still do this, and I for one think we will. Keep the faith, guys, and speak to you soon. Cheers. Fulham.